Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. My name is Jared, and joining me as always is Linda. Hello, everyone. And we have got a great podcast episode for you today. We're going to talk about episode seven of WandaVision, and we're also going to talk about some exciting news that has come out in the form of what is going to be streaming on Shudder and um, a new A24 project that I'm pretty excited for honestly what a pairing but we'll get to that later in the episode uh we also have some news about amazon prime video and how they are restricting content on their platform so you know you know you're in for a rant from me when um people are restricting platforms for filmmakers so um there will be a rant (laughs) but um before we get to all of that thank you to everyone who has subscribed to our um patreon campaign (laughs) Because there have been several of you over the past like week or so that have actually signed up to support us. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, so let me go over to the names. That way you can read off the names of the people that have subscribed. So thank you to Lane, Skylar, Roxanne, Cam, Brian, Jennifer, and Luda. Um, you all are helping us remain financially stable. So I couldn't ask for too much more than that. Um, yeah, what a week, what a week it's been. Um, it's been, it feels like it's been like three weeks since we recorded last. I don't know about you. This week to say the absolute minimum has just, it's been a week. Um, I've felt betrayed. I've felt cold. And I have felt offended. But you know what? (laughs) (laughs) It's really intense. It's just... Why would anyone do this to Spooky Linda? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But here's to hoping that next week... (laughs) It does oh, no. something else. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Jared, say something before I cry again. <laughs> oh, no, okay, 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 okay. No crying, no crying on this episode. Um, uh, we, it's snowing. Frustrated. It's snowing again. I know. Outside. <laughs> I'm not sure that that helped. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. The weather was fine yesterday. What the uh i don't i don't know i I don't know but we're we're out of the negative temps hey we're out of the negative temps um yeah i i don't know what else to say it's your last chance for our patron giveaway um (laughs) uh so sign up for that um remember if you sign up for the two first tiers which are the it follows and the uh candy man tier you get one entry into our giveaway um, which we'll announce on the winners on March 1st. And then uh, if you sign up for the hereditary tier, which is the $5 tier, you get two entries. And for the trick-or-treat tier, you get three entries. So um, a lot of competition now, I must say. So if you want to try and secure your spot for that uh, giveaway, you're going to have to probably subscribe to that trick-or-treat tier, just saying, because um, <laughs> it's a pretty steep competition. But uh, we've got uh, we've now started to get what we're actually giving out for the giveaway. And let me just say, like, 
you're going to love everything that we that we give out. We have some, um, not to spoil the surprise a little early, but we have some of me and Linda's favorite candy, favorite mm-hmm. movie theater candy, specifically for snacking. We have, um, we may or may not have a Blu-ray in there. Just saying, oh. we may or may not uh, have some exclusive merch that we are getting just for this giveaway. And uh, yeah, some other exciting things. Um, potentially uh, a version of the old merch that we used to have on our like first, I guess our first edition of merch um, from 2018. Uh, I still have some of that that we're planning on giving away. So you'll have some merch from when we first started out. Um, it's not the best merch, but I love it. I love it. Um, I mean, so, if you guys win the giveaway, you guys will have snacks. And you guys know how much Jared and I love snacking on the podcast. You guys will be able to snack with us. That's such a good point that you bring up. Yeah. In fact, I have donut holes. I'm not including donut holes in the giveaway, but uh, <laughs> I'm snacking on donut holes currently. I'm snacking on some Renza fries. Oh, that sounds good. Hmm. Southwest Runza is is my jam. Yeah, yeah. They I don't feel like they give they don't pack the Southwest Runza or the uh, the vegan version of the original Runza enough, so it doesn't feel like you get as much. Yeah, but it still tastes good. It, it does taste good. This black beans. And besides, and- there's like a lot of stuff in the Southwest Runza. Like they they got to make sure they they pack it all in and have enough room for that stuff. I used to be a Runza connoisseur back in my day in high school. I know how that stuff runs. There's just, to be fair, there's a lot of stuff to be put into a Southwest Runza, so they need to make sure that they have room without it being just like a giant mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, so that's that. That's really all we have today. I mean, there's really nothing to talk about. I'm sure Linda doesn't want to talk about the last week. Oh um, I, I don't necessarily. Uh, ooh, uh, here's oh, what I'll talk what? about. I will mention real quick that Nomadland is a really good movie. We'll get into that um, a little later in the podcast, like at the very end, just because it's streaming now on Hulu. But um, Nomadland is a great film. So if you are looking for something to watch, this week, um, before we hit the weekend, you know, Nomadland's great. And then I'll also talk about Cherry, which is releasing on Apple Plus real quick. I can't dive into a review, but I must say that, uh, wow, what an experience that film is. So it's still embargoed until I believe the 25th. But um, be on the lookout for my review of Cherry that will be dropping on the 25th because okay. it's exciting. Without it being like a review, uh, this is just the one question I've had that's been killing me about Cherry. Mm-hmm. How well did Sierra Bravo do? Um, uh, she she did good. She did good. She did good. She did good. The obvious standout is Tom Holland. I mean, yeah. without getting into any reviews, boy, boy, oh boy! If you haven't seen him, <laughs> boy, oh boy! If you haven't seen him act in anything in a while, other than you know uh, Spider Man. You're missing out truly because you need to go watch like the the impossible. You need to go watch like his other projects and Cherry really showcases his full like range of talent. And uh, I don't know, it's it. I I love the first half of that movie, but um, yeah, no. Anyway, I can't I can't review it. <laughs> it's, it it's embargoed, <laughs> um, so I'm not going to. Uh, but um, be on the lookout for my review on the 25th. And with 
All that being said, uh, why don't we get into some of the news discussion? Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your first recording. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We use Buzzsprout and can attest that it is a cakewalk compared to some of the other hosting platforms that we've used. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. So what are you waiting for? Grab your gear that you already have, and then find a quiet space to record and talk about all your favorite things. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. We can't wait to hear your passion. And now for your last week's news update. Jason Hellerman of No Film School writes, Amazon Prime Video Direct denies docs and shorts a platform. Amazon said in a recent statement, quote, At this time, we are no longer accepting unsolicited licensing submissions via Prime Video Direct for nonfiction and short-form content. We'll notify you if these categories become available for consideration in the future. Prime Video Direct is not like Netflix or Hulu or even Amazon Studios. They do not acquire content. They have people submit their work and earn royalties based on revenue splits or customer viewing. According to their royalty information, content providers receive 50% of net revenue. Ian Stimler, director of home media sales at Icarus Films, which distributes many documentaries, says the shift in policy, quote, presents an enormous challenge for us and our fellow indie distributors. We were constantly increasing our offerings with Amazon to build a steady, stable income stream from that. There was no warning at all about this particular gate closing. There is currently no word on whether Amazon will look for other ways to store documentaries and shorts on Prime Video Direct in the future. John Squires of Bloody Disgusting writes, Disappointment Boulevard, Joaquin Phoenix set to star in Ari Aster's next movie for A24. Deadline reports that the film is being described as, quote, an intimate, decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. It certainly doesn't sound like a horror movie on paper, but additional plot details are unknown at this time. Reid Nakamura of The Wrap writes, Shutter orders horror anthology series showcasing black writers and directors. The untitled Black Horror Anthology series will debut on Shutter and AMC Plus later this year and feature the work of Black creatives. And that concludes your last week's news update. If you would like to support the Borough Reviews or the Into the Borough podcast, please consider subscribing to our Patreon campaign. Our Patreon offers four distinct memberships. Candyman, a $1 a month tier to show your general support for what we do. It follows a $2 a month tier that will grant you early access to our videos before they release on YouTube. Hereditary, 
a $5 a month tier with exclusive podcast discussions and member-only polls so you control what content we focus on each month. And finally, Trick or Treat, a $10 a month tier where you'll get exclusive videos, behind-the-scene content, and all of the other tier perks combined. During these times, it is crucial for us to remain stable, and with your help, we can get there. Head over to patreon.com slash Reviews to sign up. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. All right, everyone, welcome back to uh, the podcast. And now we're in the news discussion portion of the show. So we're going to talk about some pretty big changes that Amazon Prime Video is making to its platform. So for those of you who don't know, Amazon Prime used to be a place where filmmakers could go and they could submit their their you know their short or their documentary um, that was non-narrative. That way they were able to actually get on the platform. So when people used to send screeners into the show for context, um, they, a lot of times they would send me the Amazon Prime Video link and I would watch it right from Amazon Prime Video. But that is changing because Amazon Prime Video is no longer accepting, quote, unsolicited licensing submissions via Prime Video Direct for nonfiction and short form content. Meaning if you have a biography, if you have a documentary, you are no longer able to submit to Amazon Prime Video Direct, nor are you able to submit your short film content. Um, And then they just said in their statement, uh, we'll notify you if these categories become available for consideration. Um, This is really discouraging because basically how this works then um, is you're going to have a lot of distributors and financers uh, who would normally pay for content um, because, you know, hey, it's on Amazon Prime Video. It's available to a large audience. You're going to have a bunch of these films now just not be distributed at all. Um, So there's a lot of films that we're just not going to get a hold of anymore and that we're not going to be able to see. So it's kind of unfortunate. It is a big deal. It sounds like they might try and revamp how they do the submission process for Amazon Prime Video Direct, but who knows when they're going to actually revert that back and make those changes. Linda, when you hear this, um, what do you think specifically about Amazon restricting the short form and documentary content on their on their service? Uh, not... I, don't, I just don't get why they're doing it. That's yeah. just one thing I'm really struggling to understand is why exactly they're doing it. Um, I know at the end of the article here, it mentions that there's a possibility that their policy is changing because they want to have another way of doing it. Yeah. But I don't know why they're doing it for that genre specifically. Yeah. Um, because the thing is, they're doing it for short films, but also for nonfiction. That means if you have a documentary length film, it is no longer available to submit on Amazon Prime Video Direct. So that is a really big change for filmmakers who do a lot of work in in the non-narrative category, in the nonfiction category. And there's unfortunately no way around it. And I, I kind of have this feeling that we've seen an influx of people making their own content at home just with, you know, the rise of technology and like everyone wanting to create something, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic, you know? So it wouldn't surprise me if they've just got like an influx of content 
and they were trying to decipher how to use it. Um, and they just had so many submissions to go through that they weren't ever going to get caught back up again. And so they were just like, okay, no more shorts and no more documentaries. Let's just focus on feature films, which, you know, I can understand, but if you, I think the the main takeaway here is they didn't start out just accepting, you know, feature length narrative films. They started out accepting everything, short films, documentaries. And now that they're pulling that rug from under underneath filmmakers, it's kind of a blow. And I can't imagine that it's a very good PR move, but we'll see how people respond to it. Um, I know the film community, this article that me and Linda are reading off of, it's a no, no film school article um, from Jason Hellerman. And he sounds a little bit more optimistic than I am. I don't really foresee them changing that policy back at any time soon. Um, now, they might accept pitches, you know, someone pitches their short film to the, you know, Amazon Prime Video Direct executives, I guess, and then they decide, you know, what to put up. But that's not even in the cards right now. They just removed it completely. So, Well, it'll know. just be harder for upcomers to really get their foot in the door if they're not able to submit. Because a lot of filmmakers, like, especially with the very small budget that they have, uh, yeah. especially where they live, small, like, shorts and documentaries are pretty much all they're really able to do yeah. with what they have. So denying this makes it that much harder, especially during a pandemic, for uh, brand new filmmakers to to really get a start on their career, uh, to make a name of themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason why this is just really discouraging and really upsetting yeah, for the film I, community. I, I agree. It's um, I saw that news. This wasn't really added on until the, I think, Yesterday, I added it on because I was like scrolling through news and I saw that and I was like, what? You got to be kidding me. So I added that to the news list just because it's kind of important to talk about. And it's important to talk about because I don't want other platforms doing this. I don't want other platforms restricting what what people, what the general audience in the public can have access to, you know, a lot of people right. live busy lives nowadays. Me, I love when I get to sit down and watch a movie that's an hour and a half, an hour and 20 minutes, but even more, I love when I get to sit down and watch a really good short film that's only five or 10 minutes. And I get, I get that satisfaction of watching something entertaining and still getting that sense of, well, I'm watching a film. And I know that People don't often seek out short films, but at least Amazon Prime was giving a platform, like a bigger platform to short films, because that's one of the things I hear back all the time about what I do. Um, I I have focused so much on short films and like independent films that I have every time someone submits, half the time they're always appreciative of me taking the time to review a short film and give it that kind of public platform that it deserves, especially if it's something that's incredible, which... I've got to be honest, over the past couple of years, people have really upped their short film game. And some of my favorite movies from any given year have been short films, uh, just because it's, you know, it's a bite-sized content, but it it's so fulfilling and rewarding. And um, it's it's a shame that it no longer will exist on Amazon Prime Video Direct, at least for the foreseeable future. But you know what we do have, Linda? We do have Ari Aster coming back for his next film with Joaquin Phoenix titled Disappointment Boulevard. And I know that we wanted to talk about this a little bit. So this is an A24 project. And um, for those of you who don't know, Ari Aster directed Hereditary and Midsummer, 
and his you know next project will be reuniting with a24 again which i love a24 i'm a huge a24 stan um i just love their brand of of content very very much you can definitely tell when something i think a pretty good descriptor of any film like what they make is an eight oh that that's kind of that reminds me of like an a24 film i hear that thrown around so much um because it's almost become just a trope of itself you know the a24 horror film right uh but i love them just because they they do unique things and it really seems like a24 gives them um an opportunity to actually be creative with what they're making which you don't get at a lot of studios and also the really bad part of a24 that people often don't mention is how poorly marketed their their films often are they don't really push um their films like they should especially for like award consideration so they really need to do better in that department but um no i i love it uh when you hear that Disappointment Boulevard is starring Joaquin Phoenix and being directed by Ari Aster and following an intimate decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. Does that make you feel like it's going to be a horror movie? Because that descriptor isn't really, isn't really, I guess, indicative of any sort of horror. I'm guessing they're going down the route of the descent into madness. Like, knowing Ari Aster films... I, I feel like that's kind of what they're planning on doing, and it does kind of sound like the kind of project that Joaquin Phoenix would be attracted to. Yeah. So I think it's just going to be a film about someone just getting just how they became just crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's possible. And, and we can obviously, I mean, we've obviously seen Joaquin Phoenix do a really good portrayal of Descent into Madness. Um, are you sure, Jared? I think Joaquin Phoenix is great in that movie. I don't like the movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have a problem with the Joker. I don't have a problem with Joaquin Phoenix. So he's okay, not that, that's fair. He's not the issue there. It's it's the movie itself. Oh, um, I loved him in science. Yeah. Yeah. No, Joaquin's great. Um and Ari Aster's great. I know you probably don't necessarily uh, like him as much as I do. Just because you didn't like Midsummer as much as I did, but that, um, that is true. I Midsummer, I have great respect for Ari Aster's films. They are just they are really great movies. And honestly, even though they weren't like I wouldn't like jump over the moon to watch them, mm-hmm. I would one hundred percent still recommend them to people. It's just kind of that weird like respect thing that i that i have for them i just they they are great great movies and i'm honestly super bummed that i wasn't able to get a a caged bear toy for you yeah (laughs) because i really wanted to (laughs) Uh, i would have loved that (laughs) but no like his his films they they are so charming for a horror fan it's just it's just kind of a, a a nice little charming kiss on the hand for for mm-hmm. horror fans everywhere. They they're so respectable and they're so good and he has this way about his films where no matter what the setting or what the plot is he has this fun little yin-yang thing to it 
where it's just kind of, even though it's like bright and mm-hmm. sunny and beautiful out, there's still just that unwavering, uninterrupted undertone of just tension and fear that still just creeps up on you. Yeah. And it's just, it's incredible his talent and the way he's able to do that. And yeah, no, I, I do like Ari Aster. Like you said, you are definitely a bigger fan of him than I am, but I still have a ton of respect for, for his work. Yeah. I still need to watch that extended cut of Midsummer. I haven't yet. Oh, Jesus. It's like over three hours or something. Uh, I got to watch that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited for it. And Aster has a way, because uh, he referred to, Last year, he referred to his next movie being a nightmare comedy, so I don't know if he's referring to Disappointment Boulevard here or not, but um, if it is, he does comedy so well, surprisingly. Like, he interjects. You can find it in Hereditary at a few different points. You can find it in Midsummer. He just... He knows how to blend the comedy with the horror really well, which is something that a lot of people struggle with. When I first watched Hereditary, though, I was a little... It was a little jarring to me, I guess, because the trailer didn't lead on to like how funny the film would actually be. But on the first viewing of that film, I mean, people were laughing and gasping in the same, like in the same span of like five seconds during the movie, um, during the same scene. So like it, you know, it's just, it's one of those, like, I guess it's one of those instances where he can juggle both so well. Um, and Will Poulter's character in Midsummer, I think that's all we have to say about the comedy and, you know, in like Midsummer even. So, yeah, no, I'm excited to see what Joaquin Phoenix and Ari Aster have for us. And that um, that will be coming out at some point. We don't really have a timeline on it, but uh, we will keep you updated and we'll definitely let you know when the trailer's out and probably review the trailer. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Last thing I wanted to talk about real quick was just um, how Shudder is going to showcase black writers and directors with a new uh, horror anthology series uh, called Covenant, which will comprise contemporary retellings of iconic biblical tales. Um, When you hear that they're going to be retelling contemporary uh, iconic biblical tales, do you are you interested in that sort of story or does it kind of make you wish that they were doing something else with their anthology? Uh one part of me is kind of turned off from it just because I'm really not a religious person. Yeah. I I don't know many biblical tales, if any. Like me I'm either. sure the ones that I do know, I totally botch the story. Mm-hmm. But I am interested (laughs) to see these biblical tales in something horror related. Because I know there are a lot of movies and TV shows that have underlying religious themes. I know I've mentioned this movie a lot these last couple weeks, but Signs Mm. has intense underlying religious themes. And even though I myself am not religious, I still thoroughly enjoyed that movie and the themes in that movie. Uh, So keeping that movie in mind, I'm still very interested to see what, what they plan on doing with it. It's at this point, it's all a matter of presentation and, and how it works out. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I think I'm the same with you. I mean, we can look at something that has just recently released, like um, St. Maud, which is getting glowing reviews. 
from what I've seen, but it has heavy, you know, biblical undercurrents to it. And, and yet people that aren't religious still find, you know, some quality within the movie. And I kind of think it's going to be the same thing for Shudder here. So I can't wait to see what they do with it. Um, and the fact that they're making it contemporary helps too, I think, because if they were going back, you know, <laughs> if they were doing like, you know, straight up, like in biblical times with biblical characters, yeah, I think it would have made it that. even harder for me to like, I wouldn't have it watched try. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have watched it. No way. Um, <laughs> it's but just I mean, not like, for me. Right. <laughs> I mean, mad props to Shudder, though. Like, Amazon Prime, I feel like, is taking a step back while Shudder's taking a step forward. Yeah. So, you know what? Like, good for them. I I like what they're doing. I like that they're trying really hard for that inclusivity, like, feel to it. I, I that, that also is kind of making me want to watch it. Like, yeah, you go, Shudder. Fuck Amazon Prime. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a push and pull. You know, one's doing really well and the other is kind of fumbling a little bit but um yeah yeah, no uh it's important to definitely support um services that are doing good and you know whether or not um amazon prime is doing good is kind of up for debate i would argue that uh they're doing more harm than anything but shutter you know diversifying their content diversifying their crew um is really important and uh i can't wait to see what they do with that so with all that down and out of the way Um, We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to return to talk about um, a very important trailer that I want to get your opinion on, because I actually don't know your opinion on this movie at all. And so I want to get your opinion, and I want to talk about it when we return from the break. (laughs) I wanted to tell you a little bit about our website, theborrowreviews.com. If you like indie movies, or blockbuster movies, and anything in between, really, On our site, you'll find podcasts, movie reviews, opinion articles, and more content that covers all types of cinema. But we especially love a good horror movie here at The Burrow. If you're looking for a review of your latest project, we got you covered. Simply search theburrowreviews.com in your web browser and you'll find us. As a company residing in Nebraska, we know just how hard it can be to get your message out to the world, and we're here to help. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. You'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. And while not every submission will be accepted, mainly due to time restrictions, it is always worth a shot. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. Alright, next up... It does a Zencaster does a little countdown now, so I basically put up my fingers and counted down with it. You gotta do the Freddie Benson thing for my Carly in five, four, three, two. Oh, it would it'd be so nice. Uh yeah, I'm not doing that. Um <laughs> so uh we're gonna talk um a very a very exciting trailer. Actually, I'll be reacting to it later on um our Patreon channel, uh patreon.com slash the borough reviews. Uh but we are going to be talking about Mortal Kombat, uh the movie, which is gonna release here on April sixteenth in theaters and on HBO Max. It is from Simon McCoy, first time director. Simon has only produced one video short outside of making this whole ass Mortal Kombat movie. Um, and it was the nighttime economy from 2014. That, that's the only thing that this guy's done. And I just found that out like two seconds ago that he's a first time director, um, which kind of 
makes me temper my expectations a little bit. I, I don't know about you, but um, for me, it could be good, could be bad. Based on the trailer alone, I must say, I kind of enjoy it. I kind of enjoy the trailer. I think it's a good trailer. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions. That dragon marking. I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. Mortal Kombat. Kano wins. You fucking beauty. Yeah, it was it was it was nice. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was in, cool. in a way because you know all that all the ice and the snow is it, it was cool. Do you do you like the original Mortal Kombat? I shouldn't say the original Mortal Kombat, the one from 1995. So you know how you said that you just found out like a couple seconds ago that the director is like a first time director? Mm-hmm. Well, I just found out like just a couple seconds ago that um it wasn't Mortal Kombat that I watched as a kid. It was um it was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's a movie. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I was like, why does this movie not look familiar to me? And then I clicked on Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I was like. You watched the wrong one. (laughs) I'm so sorry that I failed myself when I was six. LOL. They recast. Who who played Johnny Cage in Annihilation? They recast him from the first one and then they kill him off in like the opening. Like they killed off like apparently like all the heroes and shit in the beginning and i was a child i didn't know what was going on i was like oh they did they did i don't know who those <laughs> people are but they're dead um, <laughs> they, they did now. they did uh, i was no, like but- what a weird way to start a movie who were those I know. people <laughs> i know um annihilation wasn't great but i do have a, a soft spot for the the first one the 1995 one um just because, like, honestly, like, seeing... I played Mortal Kombat with my dad growing up. It, Mortal Aww. Kombat was one of his favorite properties, and he w- he would actually play video games with me quite frequently. Um, he would play, like, snowboarding games and, and fighting and racing games, and so we played that a lot. And, uh, and then, you know, when they... Obviously, the movie came out before I was born, but, you know, I would play the games, and then eventually he introduced me to the movie. And Aww. and so I have such a like a little soft spot for that movie, and I think it it brings back a sense of nostalgia for me in the best way possible. And watching the trailer, you can immediately tell that they're going for a more direct, faithful faithful approach to Mortal Kombat. Meaning they're bringing fatalities, they're bringing you know that that brutal violence into the film, which really wasn't in the 1995 version at all. I mean, it was violent, but we're getting blood and gore here like no other. And the fact that they're they're doing that and they're doing it full heartedly, you know, they're not taking any half measures with it. You can see from the trailer, you know, the red band trailer is quite gruesome, and uh, and you know. I, there's one line in there, you know, at the very end from Kano, the actor who plays Kano, and he's like, Kano wins. So they're they're taking like they're definitely taking that video game approach to it, which I appreciate because that's honestly the only thing that was missing from the first. Yeah, the first one sounded like a great movie. Wish I had watched it. Um, it's not good. Actually, it's not good. But oh, it's it's uh, just the nostalgia for you. But no, but you everyone you talk to that watch that watches that movie 
everyone. I have not heard a single person hate that movie. Everyone's like, yeah, this is a bad, bad movie, but it's so good. Like, it's so good. And like, it's just one of those films where it's like, yeah, we all recognize that it's not made well, but it's fun and uh, it's nostalgic for people. And uh, yeah, no, I recommend watching it if you haven't. But um, yeah, this this new trailer, Linda, what did you think of it? I mean, from... Maybe I should have had Lane come up here real quick, uh, because honestly, I I want to say I've played Mortal Kombat, but knowing me, it was probably a completely different game. Uh, Mortal Kombat wasn't a cabinet game ever, was it? Uh, I don't believe so. If it wasn't, it might, ev- it might be now, but I don't think it was. Shit. I need to do a Google real quick. Let me do a Google. I know that that there's a certain YouTuber that I follow that is going to do like a tabletop version uh, of it, but I'm not sure. Uh, okay, I think it was a cabinet game, and so if that's the case, then I do remember playing it at my dad's office because mm-hmm. he had this like cabinet game thing with like a million games on it pretty sure i played it on that never watched mortal kombat but i watched mortal kombat annihilation apparently as a kid so i mean it seems like a decent action flick there was a lot going on it was very icy and cold so it made me feel like i was in nebraska (laughs) there you go um you know jared seems rightfully excited and i think it's well deserved Mm -hmm. yeah are you gonna make me watch it not if you don't want i guess if you want me to watch how about watch how about you go back and um you okay so when this wait hold on this is april so maybe by april we'll go back and we will watch the original Hopefully by that time we can actually get together and then we can watch the original together and then we can watch the new one when it releases on HBO Max. And Lane uh-huh. can come over because I know that he'll probably appreciate the new Mortal Kombat. I, yeah. Maybe. I should have had him come up here and give his opinion because he would have had like real big boy opinions on it. So, yeah. Oh, well. That's okay. Um, <laughs> that's Mortal Kombat. Like I said, April 16th, HBO Max and in theaters everywhere, um, unless your theater closed down because it ran out of money. Uh, so it, with all that being said, we are going to go ahead and take another quick break and we're going to come back and we are going to talk about episode seven of WandaVision when we return. All right. Episode seven of WandaVision is titled Breaking the Fourth Wall. And uh, we have a pretty big reveal here in this episode. Um, obviously this isn't the review that, or the reveal that Elizabeth Olsen has, you know, pointed to when she said that there's going to be a huge, huge reveal in WandaVision. I think that's going to come either in, um, next episode or in the, you know, the finale. But, um, this episode did reveal our main villain. And before we get into any of that, I just want to make a note that this is a spoiler heavy discussion of WandaVision and Catherine Hahn is Agatha. And that was the big reveal this episode. Uh, we all knew. And, oh, and we she killed knew. Sparky too. 
Oh my god. And that was such a great moment when she, you know, breaks the fourth wall and looks at the camera and is like, oh, and I killed Sparky too. And then it, you know, cuts to the police standby. Jared um, just barges in, I knew it! Yeah, no, no, totally. <laughs> Everyone knew it. She killed the dog. She killed the dog. Um, but yeah, she's revealed to be the main villain. In other news, uh, Vision and uh, Darcy Lewis are together and they were trying to get over to Wanda and Wanda was not letting Vision. They Basically, Wanda was doing everything in her power to stop Vision from getting home, which subsequently, you know, puts her in a dangerous situation because she lets she lets Catherine Hahn's character, she lets Agnes go ahead and take Tommy and Billy to babysit them because she is so tired. She has expended almost all of her energy. Things are constantly changing around her. She has no control over the hex anymore. It doesn't seem like, or at least she has much less than she did before. And so, um, you know, she's like, yeah, I'm tired. Fine. Take the kids. And then, you know, when she goes to get the kids, they're nowhere to be seen. And then she kind of leads down to the dungeon and uh, witchy things ensue after that. So, For those of you who don't know, we got a hint of it last week with the spooktacular. I mean, Agnes was dressed up in that witch costume. And for those of you who don't know who Agatha is, um, Agatha has a lot to deal in the comics with the Fantastic Four. And she is a witch and, you know, she has powers. And basically when she gets revealed this episode, she's like, yeah, Wanda, you're not the only one controlling things. You're not the only one with powers. So which we all knew that someone else was, you know, playing puppet master behind the scenes. So how do you, how do you like that reveal? Did it work for you? Um, obviously we saw it coming, but uh, did you like it or do you wish they would have done more? I like that they did a reveal that none of us saw coming. Cause at least then I wasn't the only one that was wrong. Um, God, I really just cannot get over how patronizing it was afterwards. So they were like, <laughs> you guys kept guessing stuff and we we're like, mm, a few. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, God. But I mean, no, I just, I really, yeah, didn't, I'm, I'm still, pro- I watched it last night and I'm still just kind of processing it. Like, since she, I did not expect her at all, I really don't know how to feel about the show moving forward. Um, all I really know about Agatha is that she was basically the Scarlet Witch's like mentor and taught her like everything yeah. she knows. So I'm wondering if that's gonna happen in this. Like, is she gonna like take her under her wing and you know do more? Oh, or that would be interesting. Turn yeah. Scarlet Witch into a villain again. Yeah. Which is what I think this whole show is gearing towards is Scarlet Witch becoming a villain because I still think that she's going to be the main antagonist in the Doctor Strange Road to the Multiverse. I would love to see that, to be honest with you. Yeah, like- I mean, Nightmare Multiverse, whatever it's called, the new Doctor Strange movie. And yeah. I think that Agatha is going to be the one to push her, to encourage her to go down that path. Um, but yeah, no, God, Catherine Hahn's performance. I know this Catherine whole Hahn's so show great. has been my absolute favorite. She has been fantastic. And I read this article like right after I watched the episode about like all the clues that led to her like reveal as Agatha, and it made so much sense. But it also was a great compliment to that character with like all the witchy vibes and all the like I dream a genie, Sabrina vibes that she was mm-hmm. like low key giving off the whole, sh- whole show, and we like never even noticed. I know. I just oh my god, it is just this show is just 
Uh, <laughs> it is good. It's so I'm, good. After seeing this, I'm worried about Falcon and Winter Soldier just based off the trailer. Like it just looks so average in comparison, you know? It looks like exactly what we would expect from the MCU. And the reason that I think I'm loving this show so much is that it's it's keeping the integrity of, you know, what we've known from Marvel to do. But it's yeah. also like creating new avenues and new storytelling features that we haven't seen them do before. And the fact that they were able to do a sitcom for a little while, you know, and break the fourth wall directly to the camera and do all of it. Like, it's really cool. And so I'm going to be really sad when the show ends here in two weeks. But I think, you know, for next week's episode, we have a penultimate episode, right? It's the week before the finale and who knows what's going to happen. And, um, I just really think that, you know, by the time we reach the end of the show, if they stick the landing, this is going to be one of the greatest achievements. I mean, we started off kind of rocky. You know, that first episode felt like a pilot. It felt like not fully complete. But by the time we get to where we are now, um, the story just makes so much sense. And it's so like, I guess it's so consistent all the way through that it's it just makes for an enjoyable viewing experience. I don't know if you feel the same, but uh, we will definitely find out whether or not uh, it's worth the wait. So with all that being said, um, I don't know if you have anything else to say on WandaVision, but I would give this episode, it's one of the stronger episodes. And coincidentally, it's also one of the few episodes where we don't get director Hayward nearly as much. And that Thank kind God. of helps the show a lot because the writing is really good. And then we get to the whole Hayward stuff and it kind of crumbles a little bit. But um, no, I, I, I think that, you know, Monica, because did you stay for after the credits? There is an oh, after credits, yeah. post credits scene. Um, or Still mad about that too. Yeah, so she, uh, she discovers basically this this shelter, the um, the I guess what what would you call it? The basement door, the outside basement uh, door, cellar, the cellar door. Yeah, yeah, that that's the word I was looking for. Um, I knew there was another word for it, and I just didn't have it. She discovers the cellar door because she basically tries to ram this space vehicle through uh, the hex, and it doesn't work, and it almost takes her. So instead of instead of taking the whole vehicle with her, she just decides, yeah, fuck it. I'll take off my helmet, and I'll run into the hex. And so she's in the hex now, um, but she's fully aware of like what's going on. So she discovers the cellar door um, to Agnes's house, and she opens it up, and then, you know, fade to black. Um uh, so the we'll, hex the hex did something to her. Oh, oh, that's a huge point. So yeah. so are we creating mutants here actually? Let's talk about that. Is this how mutants get created? Because the thing with this this is it's it's hard to bring in the X-Men because the world has existed already without the X-Men. So either you have to retroactively bring them in from the multiverse or you have to make a situation in which people people's dna has mutated and now they're called mutants you know what i mean so, i mean like, they have to have been like if we're getting the x-men it has to be the people who are like coming in and out of this hex anyone from the town that yeah. i okay this is a theory it's a long shot but just from similarities everything that's going on right now i think that the blonde chick that had like a stick up her ass about wanda in the earlier episodes one that's all like, I don't trust you. Yeah. A part of me feels like she could be a good Emma Frost. Yeah. From X-Men. You're, yeah, you got a good point there. Like, that um, could just be me, but I think, if, like, the townspeople, like, as you can see from 
from her, like, when she went through the hex, and, like, as Darcy was saying, it's, like, messing with her on a molecular level the more she goes in and out of there. I think the townspeople are also at, like, equal risk of becoming mm-hmm. mutants. Like, it's not going to happen to, like, Wanda or Vision or the kids. I mean, they already have superpowers. What more can be done to them? Like, Yeah. Well, like, I mean, and it was such a badass moment because she gets in. It almost reminded me of, um, it almost reminded me of, like, a a storm you know like j- her powers kind of are vaguely similar to storm a little bit it mm. seems she and would so, be a great storm. she would be and so like i was thinking like is that what they're doing no because you know in the comics she has you know her set her unique set of powers within the marvel universe that doesn't really pertain to the x-men so like i'm just wondering how they're going to do it if they're gonna try and be faithful to the comics or if they're gonna try and carve out their own avenue which i think they should probably just carve out their own avenue um but that's just me. Uh, what a badass moment, though, when she confronts Elizabeth Olsen, when she confronts Wanda, and they get into that fight. And, you know, Wanda tries to basically fend her off, and she just stops her completely. And Wanda's like, you're not supposed to have powers. Like, where did those come it's from? Like, oh! Yeah. And I, oh, it was so good. It was such a good moment. But, uh, oh, yeah. Also, also, I freaking knew it that is not our pietro i know for a fact he's working with agatha that is i warned all of you i warned all of you that this is bad pietro my good pietro would have never done this this is peter i love it i love evan peters as the as now kind of presumably a villain you know we don't know for sure but pretty much he is um and so like the fact that they're using him that way it's so good it, it is. Don't get me wrong, but I just knew that wasn't my Pietro. <laughs> Your Pietro would never do that. My Pietro wouldn't well, have wouldn't have come together with Agatha. Well, your your Pietro's dead in Sokovia, so. Ow. <laughs> wow. No, no, that's. <laughs> it's fine. Red it's fine. Pietro. Uh. Yeah, um, really exciting. Two episodes left, and then this amazing series comes to an end, and we have a week break, and then we get into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so stay tuned. I imagine we'll probably have more to talk about next week with WandaVision, and definitely the week after that, and the larger implications for the MCU, so don't miss out on that. We're going to take another quick break, and we're going to come back and, and tell you a little bit about what's streaming this weekend, so stay tuned. I'm sure you know by now, but we have our own YouTube channel. There, we upload video reviews of the latest television shows or movies and stream gaming content weekly. We have a goal to reach 100 subscribers by the end of the year. Right now, we are about 12 subscribers away from reaching that goal, and it would mean everything to the team here to be able to accomplish this goal. Simply search the Burr Reviews in YouTube search bar to find us. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the video a thumbs up and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications of when we upload or go live. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Let's talk a little bit about what is streaming this weekend so that you can watch uh, on your own time during this week. Um, so like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Nomadland released on Hulu, um, this past weekend. And if you don't know what Nomadland is, um, it's Chloe Zhao's like award buzzing generating. Um, I don't know why they say in this article awards buzz generating. That's such a weird way to phrase that. I hate writers sometimes. Um, 
Anyway, Chloe Zhao's uh, drama that is a period piece set in the wake of the 2008 recession. It finds Francis McDormand among a group of people who travel middle America, hoping to uh, scrape by. Um, it's also at several drive-in locations, um, which is really cool that they're doing that, especially for this movie. And I think I know why they're doing it. Um, this movie follows a group of, of nomads who basically, you know, they work for a living. They just travel. They, they live out of their, their cars in a lot of cases or their RVs or trailers. And they kind of just travel around, you know, doing different jobs and living off the land. And so for them to have it, you know, at a drive-in theater where people can actually just go with their vehicles and just chill and watch it, it's really cool. But for those of you who don't know a lot about this movie, I'll be reviewing it on the YouTube channel. But um, basically, Frances McDormand for five months uh, was a nomad. She lived out of the van that's in the movie, and she went around with these people. There's only two actors, her and one other person. The rest of the people are all real nomads, so they're all non-actors for this movie. Um, and it just provides a level of authenticity to the story that you can't quite capture with a lot of American films. I know a lot of like independent foreign films, you know, whether it be in Korea, whether it be in, you know, Germany, a lot of, a lot of international film filmmakers actually employ those tactics by using non-actors to kind of gain that authenticity because nothing's really over dramatic in this movie. Everyone's kind of, I mean, it's dramatic, but not it's definitely more of a subtle dramatic than it is, you know, big showy. So I think if you're looking for a movie that's going to like make you really sentimental and emotional, this is probably the movie for you in a nice subtle way. It doesn't try and like, it doesn't try and tug at your heartstrings too much. It's just the story is what it is. And it gets presented in a way that is super fascinating. Um, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, but for those of you who don't know yet, yeah, it follows like the 2008 recession. There was a town in Nevada called Empire, which was home to a sheetrock factory that actually went out of business after the recession. And within six months, the town's zip code was obliterated, didn't exist anymore. Uh, the plant had been open for 88 years. Everyone in the town basically worked for this plant. And once it went out of business, the whole town just got wiped off the face of the earth. Um, so it, I mean, it's a, it's based off of a true story. And so when you're dealing with subject material like that, it's kind of heavy, but again, they do it in a very sentimental way. Um, you also have body brokers, which is billed as a dark comedy, tells the tale of two, uh, drug addicted young people in Ohio who find themselves diverted to a Malibu rehab clinic and then swept up in a, uh, scheme to profit off people with substance abuse problems under the guise of treating them uh wow wow. that's on apple tv and amazon prime uh that seems like a show yeah if you want to hate humanity that's that's the the show that you watch yeah that that is wow i hadn't heard of that until right now i love how it's even portrayed as a comedy like that's Mm -hmm. just so A, a dark comedy yeah a black comedy wow all right and then I, I kind of want to watch it now. I do too. I'm I'm curious. I'm trying to In finish a messed up way. I know. I'm trying to finish Bridgerton right now. I'm trying to like chug my way through Bridgerton. I watched the uh the Cecil Hotel documentary on Netflix, that four part documentary. Did you ever get around to that a couple weeks ago? Um, I'm actually binging SVU right now in a wait for Stabler's return. In well, the new I season. mean kind of. I mean kind my of. Kid. He has his own show. 
But he'll, I think they're doing a crossover, right? Like an SVU crossover. Mom, Dad, tell Jared how much this show means to me. I don't care where Stabler is, wherever <laughs> he is, I will follow. Like, they used to make fun of me for years over my crush on Christopher Maloney. Mm-hmm. Because I spent my summers just binge watching SVU. I would record all the episodes on our direct TV and I would just fill it to where no one else could record anything. It was that and I Carly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care where Stabler is, Jared. I just want him. Okay. I, I was just informing the people that he's not actually returning to SVU, but he will be in the, I guess, the series premiere of SVU. Because I think it's SVU premiering and then it's his new show, which I don't know what that's mm-hmm. called. Um, organized uh, Crime, I think. Right? Organized, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Christopher <sighs> Maloney's great. My mom had a crush on him. She was really sad when uh, he left. Um, (laughs) I think we all were, to be honest. Oh my god! And the way that he was written out was weird too. So I I get it, but at the same time, I was just kind of like, yeah. So last thing on the what's new to streaming over the past weekend, we have our first blockbuster Korean space opera with Space Sweepers, which according to Polygon is a live action film inspired by Cowboy Bebop. With a little sprinkle of Blade Runner 2049 at the center of the film. Um, it's a crew of people unable to afford the comfort and peace available to their future society's wealth class. Um, yeah, if you like space dramas and you like Korean shows, I think this is going to be the show for you, to be honest. Uh, I did watch the trailer, actually. Uh, I saw the trailer um, before we even were talking about this. And I must say, the quality is there. And it looks like it could be good. So I'm a fan of space. I'm a, I'm a fan of like Korean cinema. So I think I may even check it out. But I have to get through Bridgerton first. Because someone's making me watch Bridgerton. Is that Laurencia or yourself? Laurencia? It's not me. I'm being held hostage. Oh, jeez. Oh, 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 yeah. You like Bridgerton though, don't you? I do like Bridgerton, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. That's what I thought. Um. Yeah, it was kind of overhyped. I thought, but then I watched it and I was like, okay, I, I understand. I understand. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Everyone well, keeps talking about Bridgerton. I kind of want to watch it, but I don't. I don't know if it's really like my my. I don't thing. know if you would like it. I'm gonna stray know. towards you wouldn't like I'm it. A, I'm a simpleton. I enjoy simple things. Yeah, I mean, it's, I know that makes me such a bland person. I don't know. It is. It is. I don't. I don't know. It. Yeah, it's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Bridgerton is what it is. I am what I am. I just. <laughs> I don't know. I'm willing to give it a shot. I just. I just don't know if if it if it'll be for me. It won't. I'll tell you right now. It's not going to. Thanks. There. I think there are other shows that you should dedicate your time to. I really want to um, watch the Framing Britney Spears documentary. I've been calling that to. one like a hawk lately. Yeah. I've been, everyone has been talking about it to me that, especially people that know what I do, they're like, have you watched it yet? Like, and I'm like, no, I like you guys, I have Linda, the, uh, the uh, audience won't be able to see this, but I want you to see my Asana like to do list. Do you see that? Do you see all those? You see all those? No, it's blurry, but I can see how many of them there are. Yeah, I don't think it's going <laughs> to focus the way I want it to. I mean, I have. It looks busy. 
I have sorry. I have to do my notice of publication tomorrow since I filed for my trade name. I have to finalize the contracts. The contracts, Linda. Your contract needs finalized. My contract? So that you can sign. Yeah. Oh yeah, I need for to payment. sign a contract. Yeah. Um yeah, so I guess this is a good time to announce if you listen to the podcast and you write and you do video content, we are going to start hiring a couple more people. Um, nothing too too major or anything, but it's a small commission to do, you know, one or two things a month and then um, with the possibility to possibly do more. But I don't know about that yet because I am drowning in screeners, so I kind of have to get that done first. But uh, we are going to start... Um, actually you know paying commission for people to do some work which is really exciting for me um just for reference we're paying about as much on our commission as jump cut online does and a few of the other like independent run sites that are much bigger than me so i'm competing i'm competing with them (laughs) because i think for someone who does you know a lot of solo work um with you on the podcast, like, uh, I, I do quite a bit on my own. And so for me to be able to actually pay people when I don't even have a full team is Mm -hmm. really exciting. Um, I guess that's thanks to me working like 30 hours a week or well, 30 hours on top of my 40 hour work week, I should clarify. Cause if I was just working 30 hours a week, what a life that would be. Um, (laughs) but I'm not. Oh, this poor kid. So yeah, we have a, we have a lot, we have a lot of work to do, Linda. Oh yeah, I'm excited though. I'm excited to to help push the borough forward into this new chapter of the website. And yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be a pain and it'll be a lot of work. But you mm-hmm. know what? You know what? Jared and I can do this. We can we do can, this. We can, and we're gonna enlist some help too. Um, yeah, Laurenti has been doing a really good job with the social media. So, I mean give her a huge shout out because honestly, like the way that the social media, like I branded the social media at the beginning of the year to be something different. So a lot of what you're seeing is my creation, but a lot of the stuff that has been posted this month specifically has all been her. So while I have like curated the look of the post, she has done the post. Um, So that's a lot of work too. It's work that I don't like doing because I have to sit here and I have to edit a bunch of shit and I have to do all this other work and write and I don't want to take the time to get on social media, which is half the reason why like, I think that um, I was struggling so much earlier on is because I was the only one really doing any of that work. And so like, I just, I didn't put as much energy into it. And now that I have her doing it and she is getting paid too, by the way, she is also contracted. So everyone's contracted. Everyone's getting paid. Um, but yeah, no. And also, re- she's doing some really cute stuff for the giveaway, too. Yeah, she is. Like, she was messaging us on our little group chat that we have for the website, like, asking us about, like, our snacks and stuff. That was all her idea. When she was telling us about that, I was like, damn, that is actually real freaking cute for our it giveaway. It is cute. She's going all in on the giveaway. She really likes this giveaway thing that she did. <laughs> um and then again, thank you to everyone who subscribed to that. I know that uh, Lane did. Thank you, yeah. Lane. And I know that some of your family did as well. So uh, thank you, Linda. I um, knew that my sister was going to sign up. I actually had no idea up until just now that Lane signed up. Oh, you? Oh, he hadn't told you? <laughs> no, I told him that I was going to tell a bunch of people. And yeah. he was like, oh, okay. And then yeah, I had no idea that he had signed up. 
So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, thanks everyone. Um you are going to help keep the show going for quite some time if we all keep at those tiers. But even if you like don't want to keep at your current tier, that's totally okay. If you just want to drop down to the 1 or 2 dollars a month tier, that still helps us in the end, you know. Mm-hmm. If you sign up for the 2 dollar tier, it pays for the podcast hosting for 1 month um out of the year, which helps me tremendously. So it, do- it does make a difference, you know, every small amount matters. And then I know we're rebranding some merch for summertime. So we also have that coming down the line. Um, some new summer merch. Uh, not sure what that'll look like, but we are going to work on that. And uh, with all that being said, I don't really know, a pretty successful episode in this new Zencaster like yeah. format that we have. It It's actually like the way that they have it set up is really cool. And Jared and I were just talking about like all the new stuff that we can do under Zencaster with this new update that they have. So for those of you who just became patrons, you might get some new content. Oh yeah. yeah it's exciting. exciting. Yeah. We, yeah. We're going to, we're going to brainstorm some ideas that we can do with this new setup so we can put some, some more content out there, especially for our patrons who are going above and beyond. They you are. think if I say patrons enough, more people say that? Patrons, 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 patrons. Thank you, patrons. Our patrons are our favorite fans. Yeah, I mean, I'm still going to push it, but after this giveaway, it's you're not going to hear about it too much anymore. Um, it's just while this giveaway is going on, but you will still hear about it. We'll post about it occasionally, but it won't be this huge thing where I'm like, every episode, I'm like, patron, 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 patron. And maybe like maybe a- we should add giveaway to it so they know it's for the giveaway. 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 Yeah, giveaway, giveaway, giveaway. Patreon, giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Interfero Podcast. Um, and until next time, have a good week. Uh, honestly, like as we get closer and closer to the summer months, I remain hopeful as ever that things will go back to normal. So, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>